Welcome to the Might Sound Wild podcast. I'm Ron Wayne Scott. And I'm April Loyal. And Brittany Rush is back with us again this week. We had so much to talk about last week that we just didn't get through all of it. So we're going to finish the discussion on how Brittany keeps our office organized and then We'll talk about books a little bit later on. Hey guys, make sure you're checking out our shop. We're always adding new goodies there and we have coffee mugs and keychains, incredible sweatshirts that everybody is always raving about. Also, we have some presets there and we're constantly adding new presets to the shop. So just make sure you visit mightsoundwild.co. All right, we're back with Brittany Rush, the general manager of our businesses, Shore Shooters Beach Photography and Mountain Escape Photography. Now, last week, we talked a whole lot about the systems in the office of uh, mainly how you use the email inbox as your to-do list. And so we want to elaborate on a little bit more about what goes on in the office behind the scenes for our two businesses. Now, I understand that most people listening to this they don't have a hundred photographers like we do sure. and they probably don't have as many clients as we do. But the whole point of having this discussion is because we're hoping that there's something that you can take from this discussion of how Brittany keeps our businesses organized and apply it to your business as well. So let's just uh, keep rolling with that. As I said, we've got close to a hundred photographers and well over way over a thousand clients each year so there's a lot of organization that has to be done (laughs) to make sure that number one that the photographers all show up for their shoots and how do we keep from missing out on a shoot so just tell us a little bit about how you keep all of that organized in the shore shooters and mountain escape office Absolutely. I think something that we've done over the last few years is, um, number one is to really, my, my first tip I think would be, would be to really utilize your scheduling system to the fullest of its capabilities. Um, as creative people, as we start our businesses, we've all done that. I think whether, you know, in whatever industry you're in, you start by thinking, Oh, I'll remember that. I'll remember that. I'll remember that. And you slowly start Hmm. thinking, well, maybe I should take notes. Maybe I'll write it down. Um, And eventually you grow to the point where you will miss something if you don't have it as automated as possible. And so one of the things that I'm trying always to do and to, to get better at and be faster with is to have an automated system in in place that keeps us informed, but that still feels personal to our clients. So we want them to receive as much information as possible and as concisely as possible. Uh, Something we've learned over the years is that just because you have a lot of information to give to a client does not mean they will read it. Uh, In fact, the more information you give them, the less likely they are to read your email. So um, one of the ways that we stay, I think has helped us stay organized and streamlined um, is to send send the automated emails in whatever scheduling app you're using um, that are reminders to both the client and the photographer. So I think part of it is habit and training with the the photographers, with our contractors to, to know when they get a text message. We have three simple rules for our company. Um, and I think the, the fewer rules and or the fewer reminders you have, the more likely people are to remember them uh, because it just, that way it's not too overwhelming. So for our photographers, we really try to drill into them so that it resonates always that the three rules are to update your calendar, call your clients, 
and then upload your photos to the company um, and to keep it simple like that. And so with the reminders that they get, the way our system works, we have an automated text message that goes out to both the client and the photographer 24 hours prior to the session. Um, and ours actually goes out 26 hours ahead of time. Uh, that gives you a two hour leeway between when you get the notification for your next session and when the client expects to hear from you so that you have you have that, that window of opportunity and what we try to do is really, really, really just impress upon the photographers to, as soon as you get that automated text message, stop whatever you're doing, uh, and which circles back to, oh, you got the text message and you think, ah, I'll remember to text the client here in a few minutes. You won't. Stop what you're doing. That is the trigger. <laughs> that text message is the trigger. That's, yes. the, that's the reminder. So that's you the reminder. not do it. Yeah. As soon yeah. as you get that text message for us and and for myself as well, like for any of us that, that also still shoot, like you, you might think, Oh, I've been doing this so long. I'm a pro at this. I got this. Um, and it doesn't, you, you might it. have, you don't got this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the overconfidence and oh, I'll remember, I'll remember. You just will not remember. And maybe you will, but it only takes one time of not remembering to really humble you <laughs> yeah. into thinking whatever your pro is, which I think circles back to what we talked about last week in, um, having a process in order and whatever that, whatever that operational process is that works for you, uh, come up with what that is and stick to it every time, every uh, so time, every single time you can't waver, you can't change it. You can't do it different. Otherwise you will let something slip through the cracks and then, and that's how you lose that. Oh, and Brittany, I wanted to, I wanted to go back to what you said just a few minutes ago. Um, when you said we tell our photographers that there's three things that they need to do Yes, just to, just to, you know, if you're listening to this and there and you're discovering what it is that you need to do, you know, independently, we tell our photographers when we interview them or whatever, when we're onboarding mm -hmm. them, we say, this is the lifeline of our business. Yes. We don't say like, hey, there's three things that you need to do casually. We say these three things is has to happen. This is how this works. Yeah. Like if these three things don't happen, then our business doesn't work. Everything like crumbles. crumbles. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's and a it's, lifeline. Mm -hmm. I think it's important. I think for our company is, is letting every photographer know in the onboarding process. And then throughout, once they're onboarded, once, once you're shooting with us is to continue to let people know they're how important they are. Like you might, mm -hmm. because we're remote, everybody's remote these days, right? Like we're, we're all in different places. And because we have photographers spread out across different States and different time zones is if, if we can't keep the photographers, um, stay in touch with them, literally like part of the, whether you have a, we have a Facebook group, we try and stay in, we follow each other on social media to the best of our abilities just to stay in contact. So you, your team doesn't ever forget like, Oh, I'm, I'm important to them. Cause I, with each photographer, you don't ever want them to feel like, Oh, it doesn't matter if I don't do that. Like, no, you're every single one of you is just as important as the next. And if one person doesn't do something, it, that really can affect the whole business of operation. So one of the things in our onboarding process is to really let them know like, Hey, you have, you might think you're just one person and that you don't matter, but we want you to know that a, you do matter. And B, um, if you, you think you don't like you really could one person put a, a whole hitch <laughs> in the operation. Yeah. If, if you slow it, if you don't follow the three rules. So we try to keep it simple so that it's not overwhelming uh, while also making it, hopefully understood that it's so important um, that each of them follow the processes and that those each process that we have in place, each, each step of the way is specifically very specifically designed uh, to make sure that everything runs like a well-oiled machine and that every person involved is just as important as the next. And yeah, same and for the clients, right? Absolutely. 
Same process yeah, and, for the plants. Mm-hmm. Same process and, for the And like clients. I said, I know that most of you listening don't have a whole bunch of photographers working for you or contractors mm-hmm. for you like we do, but still that practice of the automated text message, even if you're yeah. doing this by yourself, absolutely. if you have a scheduling system that can send you a text 24 Use hours it. before your session as a reminder... Yeah. It, that kind of system doesn't have to be used just for a company like ours that has Absolutely. multiple photographers. You can institute that kind of stuff if you are a one-person show as well. Yes. I think oh, there's sorry. a topic of conversation here that goes around between our staff a lot with Ron and Brittany and I is like other companies that we admire their communication skills with scheduling yes. and they are not photographers. So like yep. something I always bring back up into meetings is, Hey, I had to have a, you know, an AC guy come out and I loved the way I got my text message or <laughs> my, my hair person. Um, I loved the, the automated response service. Let's look at it. So like, we're not changing our scheduling system every time we see that, but we are going Hey, this was really cool how this worked. Yeah, so and, that, and, yeah, that's something you can do as and well. We're getting, you know? to, we're getting together and going, okay, how can we get our scheduling system to do the same thing? Yeah. And, uh, but this also goes back to what we talked about last week about how you need to have all of your appointments go through the same system because yes. you may have a scheduling system. You may have a scheduling system on your website where you can have a client book through the website, but some people are still getting Facebook and Instagram messages and going, okay, well, I'll just book you for that time. Well, if you don't go like, through your you scheduling system, yes. you're not going to get that automated text message reminder and your client yep. is not going to get that automated text message. Put reminder. yourself well, in the client shoes. I would really advise that because I have a lot of friends in this industry they're not, not sure. just photographers, but like in the industry of serving people. And they, we are, Ron, we had a whole episode one time where we kind of picked on people that have time to post. Hey, I'm catching up on emails Monday yeah, or whatever. Or I'm, And I hate to do that because it is a very normal thing for people to say. But put yourself in your client's shoes. I have actually found myself kind of offended whenever people don't answer me. Um, sure. And it, sometimes it is through social media. And I, I know that that professional is trying to create boundaries for themselves. Yeah. Like social media and is my personal gosh, that's hard. business is my is business. But yep. you need I would advise you if you are trying to create boundaries, make it clear how to professionally address me. So say you are on social media promoting whatever it is that you do constantly, constantly, but you don't want to be bombarded on social media with how, you know, how to book, make it clear in your bio, in your stories, in your highlights, how to address you, how to book you. Because if you haven't done that, you're going to get bombarded. And then the client is sitting there waiting and seeing you on social media Yes, of course. And they're like, well, you you have time to be posting stories. Why didn't you email me back? Like, well, and you're and you're and you're hurting my feelings. Okay, because I'm sitting here waiting for a response from you. I think something that's really hard. It's you know, there's always a double-edged sword when it comes to social media and how advanced our digital world is now. Mm -hmm. um, In that, it's so easy to get information to people, and then still so hard to keep it organized. And Mm -hmm. one of the things I like to think that we do really well as a company is um, 
is responding to people and having timeframes that we do it in. One of the, one of the number one things we hear from clients is, Oh, wow. Thank you for your response. Thank you for your response. And I, largely hear from them. It's because they, you know, people will message us. We're not the only person they're messaging if they reach out for a first inquiry. Um, But nine times out of 10, we hear back from that client that we were the only ones that responded to them. And so as a creative, whether you're in a a large company or working for yourself uh, at that hustle every day is to have come up with what your boundaries are because work-life balance is so important. But within those boundaries that when you are working, you have to make yourself work. And I think it's really easy to be like, Oh, I can get to that later. You lose clients that way. And what you have to do is specifically let yourself know, you know, I'm going to work these hours, these days. And then when you say you're going to be working, you have to actually do it. You have to sit down, you have to take the time. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's, that's one of the hardest things is the, the self imposed rules because when you do work for yourself, there is no one else to make you do it. And it's super easy to be like, Oh, I just don't want to today that's fine. You don't have to, but then don't complain when clients, when you reach back out to them and they say, Oh, we went with someone else. We went went somewhere else. Yeah. It's because you didn't respond fast enough. And so there are ways to do that, to set it up so that you have boundaries for yourself, but to also stay on top of responding to your clients. And, and in that communication, the easier you make it for your clients, the less questions they will have. And that's something that we're always trying to do in the office is to figure out how, like, we, I, I don't want people calling us. <laughs> and it's not right. because I don't want to talk to them. It's because at the root of the reason they're calling is because they have a question. And if they have a question, that means we did not properly present all of the information to them that they needed the first time. Yeah. And so what we want to try and do is always streamline our information, how we get it to the clients. So if they don't have to call and ask a question, it's because their question was answered before they even thought of what it could be. Um, And then the more streamlined you get with that, the more you will find that you have free time and work-life balance because of the automated processes you can put in line for yourself. And those can be everything from automated text message responses, automated emails, automated things on your Instagram that say, hey, I'd love to work with you. Send me an email. Anything that can help, help you organize it um, helps keep your clients on the hook uh, so yeah, you don't lose and, them during your work. Yeah, and that's time. what we talked about last week was the automated responses mm-hmm. to the messages on social media. And April, you were saying you were talking about the businesses that are always on social media and always posting yep. on there. And so you would just assume that that person has time to ask talk to questions me. or book through Instagram just because they're always on there. But in the case of a company like ours, we have a social media manager, Brianna. Right. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, Brianna is always posting on social media, but Brianna doesn't work in the office with Brittany, Walt and Rachel. Yep. So, so Brianna is not able to schedule an appointment and, and that's even the if, reason why even we have was, the automated messages. Absolutely. Even if she was able to do that, I just don't, that needs to, gosh, I hate the phrase stay in your lane, but like kind of, <laughs> because well, I yeah, need you, you, like you can't what I need a, from you is, is to do social media and for us on the office to handle things in the same way that it would get confusing to our social media team if, if all of a sudden I was like, oh, this picture's pretty. I'll post it to Instagram. They'd be like, what are you doing to my feed? Like right. the same way I would feel like, stop responding to the clients. Yeah, Just if send we them had, to me. If we so, had Brianna scheduling appointments through social media and then you <laughs> right. guys scheduling appointments through the 
yeah the, the online scheduling that system would be so crazy we would be a complete <laughs> our company would be a complete train wreck because we would be double booking <laughs> photographers all the time right. so so let's apply that to like someone who's running a business so back in the day i feel like whenever people started creating professional um social media accounts they used to separate them do you guys remember people had like their personal pages and then yeah absolutely and then people were like whoa this is overload i can't handle this it's too much i'm going to combine them because a lot of times especially for photographers and makeup artists and hairstylists all these people they're like the business is me so people started going back to combining them which i totally understand well that is i think the most challenging for them because they are like wow i just want to be like updating my personal life like my coffee run my child my drive home but then they're like whoa boundaries um and people are trying to schedule with them and i would suggest that they maybe look into the the automated thing like ron and i finally cracked the code on recently or at least say, this is not my office hour right now. Can you please message me back or allow me the time to message you back? Because absolutely, a lot of times they'll get so frustrated that they'll either ignore you um, or, and I'm guilty of this in the past is why I learned this lesson. Or they'll say, I saw your message. <laughs> okay. I saw your message, but it'd be more professional to say, like, okay, I will be scheduling you later. Give me till tomorrow. Or, you know, some kind of like answer like that. Not like, you know, you it's, know if you have time to say, I saw your message, you have time to give some kind of answer to the question. Yeah, not absolutely. Some kind of, like you just said, Brittany, always try and answer these questions in some, you know, some way. So send them One to the that, method, like the, you know, like the email absolutely. Or the text message or whatever, like we talked about last week. One of, one of the huge benefits to having them go through the email again, I know I, I, I say that over and over again, but it's because it's so effective for how we do business is a, if they're emailing you, you have everything, you have everything in one thread. You can always go back to it. The second reason is a lot of clients because of how we communicate with each other in our personal time is via text. And it's like, you send a text, I send a text, you send a text, I send a text. And that works in your personal life. And it works when you're a very small business. But one of the things we want to encourage you to do is think on the big scale. Think about if you had 200 times more clients than you currently do, would you have time to do the very minute back and forth with them? And if the answer is no, or you just wouldn't want to, because that's taxing. One of the things we do in, in our office as well is we have, it's their draft emails and they are, because if you're operating a business and you have one skill that you offer, whether you're doing hair, makeup, photography, any creative outlet, people, they come to you because they want your service. Uh, They likely have questions about it. They will often send an email and say, do you have availability on November 22nd? And if you just write back and say, yes, I do, then they have a follow-up question and then you answer it and then they have a follow-up question. And that goes on and on. Send them that booking link. (laughs) Exactly. So one of the things we do is we have, we have several and for, for various areas of our businesses, if a client has a question, what we try to do is anticipate what their second, third and fourth questions will be. So in our follow-up email, it's concise it's easy to read and it is very informative about, hey, I see you had this question. Let me go ahead and answer the next five that I know you're going to ask and it'll cut out six back and forth emails mm-hmm. with that client. So you give them their answer and then you also give them all the follow-up information so that by the time they ask one question and you respond to them, not only have you answered all of their future questions, you've sent them the link to book, given them the information on how to do it. And the only thing, and when we started doing that, the follow-up emails we started receiving were, oh my gosh, thank you so much booking now Mm -hmm. instead of, instead of more questions that linger on. Um, And it's, 
part of it is to save time for you. Part of it is I don't want the clients asking questions. And again, that's, it's not because I don't want to talk to them. It's because I want them to be so informed and feel so confident in the service that they're booking that they just don't have any other questions to ask because we already answered them. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the thing of clients emailing and asking, do you have availability on such and such day? <laughs> I've got burned on that before, back before you came along, Brittany, back when I was basically oh, yeah? the office manager. And I didn't have everything quite as organized as it is now <laughs> because the business wasn't sure. nearly as big. Yeah. And I've had times before that a client would email or a potential client would email and go, are you available next Tuesday? And I would just reply back to them, yeah, we're available yeah. next Tuesday. Sure. And then they would wait three and or four nope. days oh, and yeah. then email back and go, okay, I want to book that for next Tuesday. And then I have to say, no, sorry, somebody else has already booked that. Absolutely. And then they're, and then they're getting mad and going, well, you, you told me that that date was available. You're like, well, it was when you asked. It was. It's not now. <laughs> right. So yeah. I kind of learned that I had to, if if I was going to reply to something like that, uh, yeah, as of right now, we As do, of right now. The wording. The it's wording all that about, you use. <laughs> yeah. It just, if somebody else could book that before you Absolutely. do it. And Absolutely. And I, I had to start letting them know that the actual scheduling system on the website was what determined the availability. So you have to you know, be careful about things- you have to be careful about that too, especially if you're a wedding photographer, because somebody might email you and ask, "Are you available next March?" Sure. And as of now, this second, right? As of <laughs> as of right now, you might be available on March twenty second mm-hmm. of next year. Uh-huh. But what if they wait two months to follow up with you and then? Somebody Turns out else you're not available anymore. By then, yes. And then they're going, well, but you told me that you were available on that date. Yes, yep. I was available two months ago, <laughs> but I'm not what? now. I, I think one like of the, the key has been, yeah, the key from for both of these episodes talking with you has been like streamline. Streamline, streamline, streamline. streamline. Like effective, short, concise communication. Yep. Um, you know, getting all Is the figuring- information out. Figuring out how to give the clients all of the information that they need without overwhelming them with too many paragraphs is a very fine line because as I any like business points, personally, bullet points, absolutely mm-hmm. bullet points. These, cause I feel like you're more, people are more likely to read the like one, two, mm-hmm. three, four, uh, or as Walt, he likes three, 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 is three, is great. <laughs> three yeah, is great. If you can consolidate it into three so that they will, people will read those. Whereas if they get mm-hmm. too much information back, they're like, Ooh, that's a lot. And then they will mm-hmm. still just email you and say, what? And you're like, I just, if you could just read, if you mm-hmm. could just read that email, that'd be so good. <laughs> yeah. When is my appointment? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take a quick break here and we'll be right back with more with Brittany Rush. Hey guys, it's Brianna LaCosta. I'm the social media manager for Mountainscape, Shore Shooters, and Might Sound Wild. I want to invite you to stay connected with us. We post regularly and we want to see you interact with us. You can find Shore Shooters and Mountainscape through Instagram and Facebook. You can follow Might Sound Wild on Instagram and subscribe on YouTube. If you're enjoying the Might Sound Wild podcast, we'd appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating and review. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you'll get a notification every time we release a new episode. 
And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Might Sound Wild. All right, so we're back. I know that we um, gave you guys a lot of information in the first half, and we did also last week with Brittany because we have a lot that we do in our office. (laughs) There's a lot that goes into running the short shooters. There sure is. There There is. And although we do a lot, we think we are talking about this over the break. We think that even at all of that, there's still something that you can take away for your individual business. I hope so. We've spent years trying to figure out what works for us. And so we hope that we can help you. Um, So one thing that is not business related at all, but has been helping, helping our creative minds take a rest from focusing so hard on being creative um, has been reading. Like we've all been picking it up. I think it's trending again. Like I didn't know reading could be trending. (laughs) I I usually, I usually, um, like to like hate to be trendy. I'm always like, eh, I don't like to be trendy. Like I'll purposely Um, not do something just because it's trendy. Yeah. I'm like, ew, but, but, (laughs) but reading is something that I've off and on always done. You too, Brittany, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so when I was started reading, these series, these series are by Sarah J. Mass. If you're, if you do not want to hear about this, <laughs> skip ahead, Goodbye. pause, see you next week. That's okay. We gave you 20 minutes of business information. That's right. Hashtag so. spoilers. <laughs> yes. Um, also, if you do not want to be spoiled for these um, books, then um, we will warn you that there will be some spoilers. We'll try to keep it um, vague. But um, <laughs> when I read, when I started this series, you were probably one of the first people I thought of to. Yes, I love that. Oh, this sounds like Brittany Rush. Um, (laughs) Because I think about four years ago, you told me about Outlander. Yeah. You told me about the series, the show. um, And then I later got a few of the books. I don't know if you ever read the books. Yeah. 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 I I didn't, I didn't read all of them, but it's hard to pinpoint if you're a fan of dot, 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 you would like these because there are a lot of different things to compare it to. That's Um, true. Uh, Game of Thrones is a comparison to Sarah J. Mass's writing because of the world building, not yes. because of not um, because of the characters specifically, but the, yeah, yeah, the dynamic not, of the world they're in. Yeah, because it's so large, because yes. there's a lot going on that takes some time. Yep. And then the first book in the court series, um, people have likened it to kind of like a Beauty and the Beast tale. Which I can oh, I can get I the vibe that, on that, but yeah, 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 okay. But the series itself is not like that. Just no, that uh-uh. first book could maybe be kind of likened to that. Um, and it's in the world of you know, fae, you know, fairies, creatures, all kinds of different. Yeah, absolute there's, fantasy. There's humans, but they are definitely like the it, lesser. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. F- f- the humans don't matter so much in this series. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, so if you've read you, um, Lord of the Rings, that yeah. that would be like a good, wouldn't you say? Like, comparison yeah, absolutely. To I think I think the way I compare things, it's and it's not because it's not because Sarah J. Mass writes like J.R.R. Tolkien or anything. It's just mm-hmm. the for me, it's the in any book that I've ever read, it's not specifically about even the words or how it's written. It's literally like how you feel immersed in the world that Mm -hmm. there can be similarities between different, even completely different genres of books, but the way you feel about it when you read it has that a similar, that fantasy where you can be completely lost in it because it's genuinely not at all like your real life. (laughs) So it gets, you can get totally lost in this other universe. And she had me at each book. And now I've read through, now I've read through all of her, her series. Yes. She has three different ones. Each time she starts with a map. And I am a sucker for a map. 
Yes, we love a map. map, I'm like, all right, I'm in. Look at all these different lands. Yes. What's this going to be about? And then, so I know I'm in for an adventure, you know, at at minimum. But I I think my favorite thing is that we are probably all feeling or visualizing at least something yes. a little different. Absolutely. And that's brilliant about writing, you know, is like, so I was telling Walt, we used to watch a lot of television before we all got into the series. And when we would watch anything remotely violent, which is pretty much everything, um, sure. <laughs> I would wake up a few times in the night, not because I was like scared or anything. I it just, my sleep would be interrupted. Sure. Now I'm reading and there is definitely violence in these yeah. books. Definitely. Yeah, big violence even. But I'm thinking my brain doesn't allow what I'm visualizing is not, uh, you know, absolutely me whatsoever nope. because I'm, I'm not, I guess my mind doesn't go there. So I'm yeah. not waking up at all. <laughs> even if, like, even if, <laughs> absolutely. Even if what you can picture is uh, very realistic. Cause like, I think as creatives, especially like I'm very vivid imagination. I can yeah. absolutely feel immersed in it, but because my brain created what it is I'm seeing, it I am sure that's has something to do with feeling safe in your own head about it. Although that's probably a psychological discussion that I should not give advice about because I have no <laughs> qualifications to do so. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm 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 just like so thrilled. Okay, I'm going to give a like what I'm going to try my best on an outline, Brittany. You feel free. Okay. To no, that. yeah, okay. let's hear it. Do it up. So when you start, okay, when that, another thing I was saying, I was compared to what I did get some vibes from the first court, A Court of Thorn and Roses, mm-hmm. in the very first few chapters following Farah and her human family's story, yes. the way that she has to provide and hunt for her family who's oh, living yeah. in poverty, I felt like I was reading an early Hunger Games Absolutely. book, yeah. which yeah. Um, had me go in. Okay, yeah, I really okay. like this. I like Farah more than I liked a, the Katniss character um, for some oh, reason. I just yep. like her. She So the book opens, Ron, since you're like completely foreign to it, opens yeah. with her in a hunting scene. Oh, she's okay. like having to make a quick snap decision. Um, she's after, I believe, like a deer or something. Yeah. It's been a while for me. I read this back in June and now I've read like um, eight books since then. <laughs> <laughs> I've read like, I've read like, like a dozen books between now and then. Um, yeah, but she's out he, hunting he, first and for survival. Like the, it's a hunt out of the like. If I don't, if I don't provide, like if I can't kill this animal and take it home to eat, my family starves to death. Kind of. Like and she's competing desperate. with yeah. a wolf. There's a wolf that she spots that's going to take her prey. So she has a very few minutes to make the decision, and the decision she makes is to kill the wolf. Yep. So you get the feeling by the writing that that wolf could have somehow been bigger than just a wolf mm-hmm. and it turns out by chapter 10 that it was not just a wolf. Um, so after you start learning her human world within those few chapters and how they became um, in the position they are, they used to be well off and wealthy and their father lost all their money. Mm-hmm. And it's just her father and her two sisters, her mother's passed on and they're living in the shack in the woods. And she's the only provider. Her sisters are pretty much just still being useless, little, <laughs> useless sisters. Her father yeah. is a little handicapped, but not making any effort to provide for his family. You don't even know if you really like this guy. Yeah. You, um, he, he's very like, he's given up and nobody else can. So she, she, yeah. that's when she has those Katniss vibes of like, okay, well, if we're going to, somebody's got to provide. This. Yeah. Yeah. So she, um, she's also the middle sister, I believe. Or is she the youngest? 
she's definitely, I think her, she has an older sister and a younger sister. I believe she, in my head, um, she's in the middle, but I, I guess yeah. correct us if we're wrong. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she, she makes that decision and then early on some beast shows up at her door and is like, hi, you killed my friend. That wolf was not just a wolf. And, and you should have um, known it. And the only way you're not going to die right now is if you want to repay a life for a life. And yep. that's when you're like, all right, this book just got interesting. I got to know. The heck? Yes. This thing can talk. It's, you know, you're, you know, it's a beast. And um, that wolf was something else. Like, you know, so she, of course, sacrifices herself. So you're learning about this girl. She's the provider. Now she's going to sacrifice herself to make sure her family doesn't die. She's taken like, over this. Go yeah, ahead. I feel, like, I, was, I feel like at that point, you, you, they may not have told you how old she you may not know how old she is at that time exactly, but you are absolutely given the impression that she is not totally a grown up. You know, right. she's definitely a teenager. Under 18, 17. Uh, yeah, 17, 18, like not quite, not even into her 20s yet kind of feeling. So you, <laughs> you have that like you're just not even old enough to be making life and death decisions. But um, she's um, definitely. There you are. She's definitely so, lived so much life. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, Brittany, if you go read more Sarah J. Mass, this is a common theme with her. Okay. Young girls who have lived a lot of life yep. have a lot of heroinism into them. Yeah. And old fey males who are centuries old. I love can it. I re- can I read? <laughs> Let me read to this hilarious um, tweet. My kink is seeing centuries old fey males who think they've seen the worst of the worst being horrified and shocked by things that 19 year old girls have done. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Maybe that's why I love it so much. It's, we've got we've got old ancient fey men who are like, we are the kings and we are in charge and you don't know anything. And these, turns out a 20 year old girl can show up and be like, what's up, punk? <laughs> I'll show to, you. I'm about to rock your whole world and change yeah, it. Call, calm down, my guy. <laughs> yeah, completely changes everything. So that's yeah. obviously what happens to her. There's a big land um, separate, the, the continent or whatever is separated by a wall that separates these creatures the, from the humans. humans. And she's taken over that wall and has to navigate this new life. And, and it course, is the, yeah. I, as it's so much fantasy, it is, it so sucks you in. And it's interesting because I, whereas I like historical fiction, usually the super fantasy is not always the genre I love. And I got partway into this book and I, for weeks have been sending April, I've been sending you memes of like, I better not have just read what I think I read. <laughs> uh, like I, I get a chapters in and have to call April and be like, why you didn't warn me about this? You didn't tell me this was going to happen. Cause I'm so invested. It's like, I'm like, I know you're in bed. I'll be texting you things at midnight. Like, how dare you make me read this book right now? Yeah. Um, And it's, I think it's such a beautiful thing to have a creative outlet that's just to absorb something different. And I think that, I think that's why I like it is because especially this time of year, and if you're a photographer at all, you have been hustling, right? We have the 90 days of summer at the beach. (laughs) Um, Yes. Go, 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 go. And it feels that can feel overwhelming because that's your real life. And gosh, this has been a beautiful escape in my head of like, okay, I'm turning off the office. I'm going to go jump into the fairy world. (laughs) And, and whether it's, whether it's sweet and calm and romantic or like full of fighting and arguing and, and people want to cheer for a lot of war and battle. Like there's, there's something that's just been such a, a great escape out of that. So I think, I think my, 
investment in this is to encourage people, like, even if you, maybe you don't want to read Sarah J. Mass, and that's okay, although you should, um, <laughs> is find, <laughs> find something that, find something, like, take the time to read if it's something, even if it's something you've never done, even if you've never been a reader, specifically called yourself a I love books person before, jump into a book and see if you can get lost in that to give your brain a mental and creative break from what your everyday hustle has been. And I think that will make you feel, A, revived and a little bit inspired to try something Wake up and yeah. try something different because you put something new in your You're brain. You're literally exercising that muscle. Your yeah. brain needs it. Walt told me after returning to reading after a lot of years, he kept saying, thank you for reminding me to return to reading. He said, I feel like my vocabulary has increased. Like I had been absolutely we're, we're like listening to social media constantly even podcast and which is ironic because we're on a podcast now but <laughs> listening to other people speak my friend Sadie used to send me podcast episodes um occasionally from these girls and I was like Sadie I'm losing brain cells listening to these girls say like over and over and the way they were speaking I'm I, I'm, I cannot handle it I so I can't do you know, it. we're stuck in that world and when you're reading that all goes silent. It disappears. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like everything else in your brain can be quiet while you just immerse yourself in something completely different. And it's good for you. You need I it. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, That's after, my advice. after hearing the description of this book that you're both into, I, I can't wait to see the photo shoots that you guys mm-hmm. come oh, up listen. with inspired listen. by what you're reading. I have and, already, I've already texted, um, Erica's one of our photographers, right? She lives in the mountains and I have ideas of grandeur. Yeah. <laughs> like, you do know you that she to... has an enormous set of wings sitting in a trunk? I do. Okay. I, I'm, and April, I'm still ready. <laughs> April, I'm still waiting on the Stevie Nicks inspired photos. Yes. Brianna spoke a couple, um, a couple weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. We got, a, we got a lot of fun to create coming up this off season. <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited. And by the way, guys, speaking of books and authors, before we wrap up, um, I hope that I am inspired when we head out to England in a couple of weeks. There is a town that we can visit or we're going to visit the Oxford area. And uh, I was Googling quick, like, Mm. where do you walk if you want to be in the steps of Tolkien and C.S. Lewis? And, you know, you could just read and read like they frequent these pubs, these, you know, libraries, these whatever. I'm like, am I going to be able to sit in the same place that C.S. Lewis or Tolkien sat and had a pint and discussed That'd things. Incredible. So I might come back just completely fired up. I don't even know what's going <laughs> to happen. Be. What if so. I tried to write a book? That's that's a joke. What if I- <laughs> <laughs> Somebody could write I would, a book. I would have life. to go back. <laughs> I would have to go back and proofread it and correct the. Oh my god! The editor's job on my book would just be they'd quit every editor. They'd be quit. like, "This is we're done here." Or wouldn't it be hilarious to just leave it? <laughs> I'd be like, this is like I, you know, we'll run on Tol- sentences. <laughs> Tolkien could do it and just write with stream of thought. Like I don't know why I can't. <laughs> Obviously, I'm a literary master. Like that's the wrong use of that word. Okay, go ahead. No, just do your thing. She's <laughs> go off, girl. Like, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, she's from South Alabama. It's got the it's it's written all over it. Authentic. <laughs> yes. Well, guys, please let us know if you like um, book talk because. Um, we, we we definitely have more to share. I, Brianna read the Crawdads book recently, and I, I ended up watching mm. the movie, and it's amazing. I'll definitely read that at some point. Um, we could just go on and on and on, different genres. I've, I'll try to pull myself out of the fantasy world eventually, but right now I'm stuck in it. I'm stuck so. in it. And, <laughs> yeah. and I'm sure there's about a million other things that we could talk about business-wise as well. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Brittany, I'm sure we're going to have you back for a lot more 
uh, business related talk as well. Mm -hmm. Anytime. I'm here for all the work and all the fairies. You just let me know when I can talk about it and I will go on and on. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. And that's going to wrap it up for this week. A new episode of Might Sound Wild podcast is up every Wednesday morning. So make sure you check back uh, next Wednesday for a new episode. And uh, if you have a suggestion for a topic you want us to cover, if you have questions about something we have talked about, uh, just uh, go to Might Sound Wild on Instagram. Send us a message there and uh, let us know. And join us again next Wednesday for another Might Sound Wild podcast.